0: Hi, welcome back. My name is Dr. Josh Herwick. I am the lead pastor at First Baptist Church of DuQuoin, and we are doing a special presentation of the part two of our operating room series. Uh, it was supposed to be this past Sunday, but we did had a, an extremely special service as we recognized some deacons and dove into Acts chapter six and what uh, is is instructed of the church and the demonstration given there in Acts six about uh, how to have people who accomplish their specific assignment with their specific giftedness, even though deacons aren't mentioned in Acts 6. But it is an exemplification of how people in the church who are gifted in special ways can use their gifts to bring great unification to the church. And so we did that this past Sunday. If you want to check that out, uh, it's on our YouTube channel uh, as well as our podcast, to which both you can subscribe and like and uh, share those, which would help us out tremendously. And so. The, the message we were going to teach that day as we've been walking through verse by verse the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we are dividing up into several sections over this week uh, as we look at that teaching uh, from the words of Jesus. Uh, yet the previous uh, version of this, we looked uh, as Jesus was, was talking about uh, lust and, and motivations and, and responsive actions that we can take uh, to a heart issue. Uh, And now we are going to look at Jesus's next words in Matthew chapter 5, two verses, uh, verses 31 and 32. So let's see what Jesus said and then try to digest what he means there. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 31. It was also said, Whoever divorced his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorced his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, <laughs> before you get all riled up, I know some of you are. Some of you were already punching out maybe a comment or a text or an email here to the church. Um, this is two verses. Let's examine what exactly is Jesus talking about here in these, again, two verses. You know, this, there are two things to take note right off the bat. This is not meant to be an exhaustive, finite teaching on divorce because uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15, Paul describes another biblical ground for divorce that isn't mentioned in these two verses. So we can see just from Paul's words as well as Jesus' words applied together. Um, that Jesus isn't expounding on uh, the entire ins and outs of a marriage relationship and everything that should go into it and everything that should go out of it and how to, to uh, get rid of it and how to, to keep it. This isn't a marriage seminar, all right? This is two verses in context of a teaching he's, he's giving, and we're going to explore that. <clears throat> Jesus is also addressing a very hot topic in the first-century Jewish culture. It was being widely taught then that divorce um, was okay for any and all reasons. Perfectly okay for any and all reasons, no matter what it was. The most famous uh, of those reasons, uh, actually expressly given in the teaching, uh, was allowed, uh divorce was allowed for even a dinner that was not cooked like the spouse wanted it to be cooked. This meal's overcooked. I'm done. It's over. Here's the divorce papers. That was the idea. And so it's into this culture that Jesus is speaking. He wants his hearers to, to understand that divorce for trivial things belittles what God designed to be highly valued. So when Jesus begins to emphasize... God's original value into marriage, it's not well received by his hearers. The disciples, the disciples themselves, right? even said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 10 that if divorce were not so readily available to the follower of Jesus, then they would rather not even get married. That's what they said. They said, it's not even worth getting married if it's that hard to get divorced if if I can't divorce someone over the temperature of my meal, then it's not worth even getting into it. And so Jesus wants to take that um, frivolousness that had been applied to marriage and reinstill what was originally intended uh, to be something of high value that even over the course of the Jewish scriptures, you can see the value that had been removed from marriage by the very fact that even some of the great fathers of the faith took more than one wife, which was never God's intention. The fact that it happens in the Jewish scriptures doesn't mean it has God's endorsement. As you can see, time and again, when those guys in the Jewish scriptures would take more than one wife, it created unbelievable problems. That doesn't mean God didn't move in the lives of those guys. He did. Just as God moves in the life of uh, of myself as well as in the life of you in spite oftentimes of our own individual sin. God's not endorsing their life choices by any stretch of the imagination. He doesn't say, all right, go and do that. Everybody take 15 different spouses and you're all good. That's not what he's talking about there in the Old Testament scriptures. The original plan as he had when he created Adam and Eve was one and one. And so here, in Matthew chapter 5, 31 to 32, what, is, what, what exactly is Jesus talking about? He wants his followers, remember, this entire Sermon on the Mount is a teaching of, about how to be a disciple, expectations for a disciple, how one can disciple well. And he wants his disciples to know that marriage is something that's supposed to be highly valued and protected. And there, verse 32, He says this interesting thing. I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, check this, makes her commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. What is he saying? Now, again, what some people will do is they will take these two verses completely out of context and apply them to individuals in today's culture and, and uh, in the midst of today's issues in order to instill shame in them. And we see throughout Jesus' ministry, shame is never a part of what Jesus intended, never a part of anything Jesus is giving. Now, conviction does come from the Holy Spirit, but conviction and shame are different. Shame comes from the enemy. Shame is a tool of Satan. Conviction is a tool of the Spirit. Now, Jesus wants to issue grace and mercy and redemption. And so when somebody takes two verses and rips them from the context of Jesus' teaching, they're misapplying Jesus' words. They are, just as Jesus is talking about belittling marriage, someone who rips these two verses out and applies them out of context is belittling God's word. All right? Let's be clear on that. Now, when someone issues... A certificate of divorce, as Jesus talks about here, for something so trivial as a burned meal, devaluing what Jesus wants to be valued. Um, Jesus is describing that this is a heart issue. That's what this whole section's about, heart issues. He says this is a heart issue. That's why he says he makes her commit sexual immorality. He makes her commit adultery. Sorry, he makes her commit Adultery. Now he doesn't make that other individual, if if there's two individuals, a man and a wife, and they're married, and the man gets a divorce, how can he make the other spouse commit adultery? Now the other person doesn't have to go out and and you know have sex with another married person or or another non-married person and, and have sexual relations outside of the marriage covenant. So what does he mean by he makes her commit adultery? Well, adultery, as Jesus is talking again, remember this whole section is about a heart issue. He's saying adultery is committed in a person's heart when he or she replaces the object of the original commitment with another. So the, the, the adultery is committed uh, after the covenant is broken and the, 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 the person is replaced, the original other covenant holder is replaced with a new covenant holder. Uh, and so there is a description that this is not God's original intent. Now, you've got to understand though as well, Jesus is not overlooking that this is you can't miss this. Jesus is not overlooking the presence of forgiveness or redemption in the life of one of His disciples. But he is emphasizing the importance of the faithfulness of the heart for anyone who would seek to follow Him. And when Jesus is talking about anger in this section and he's talking about lust and he's talking about here divorce, he's giving three different illustrations of his point. Anger, lust, divorce. His point being the heart, the faithfulness of the heart of one of his disciples is incredibly important. And if we are to follow Jesus with our whole heart, we must be completely completely self-aware of when our heart begins to venture off. So in the, in the, the issue with anger, if, if we're not aware uh, of where our actions begin in our heart, it can lead to something that we do not want to do really instinctively as a follower of Jesus. Same with lust. If we're not aware of what's going on within our heart and setting up restrictions uh, within our own mind and convictions that will prevent us from from. Failing in life, then we're missing it. And same here. We need to be faithful with our hearts. Be uh, uh, resolutely faithful to what God has called us to do. Now, we will stumble and we will um, have issues here and there. and, And redemption comes and forgiveness comes. But he says, faithfulness to me, Jesus speaking. Faithfulness to God's purpose for you. It's where we need to seek. It's what we need to seek. It's where we need to go. We need to watch our hearts. Where are our hearts venturing? Is there an element of pride that is there that we weren't aware of previously? Is something creeping in that, that should not be there? We need to watch our hearts, guard our hearts, protect our hearts, because just like our minds with the anger issue, just, just like our, our eyes, and again, our minds with the lust issue, just like our hearts here with, with uh, uh, our faithfulness in verses 31 and 32 of Matthew 5, we need to be completely dedicated to God and faithful to His purposes for us. So that's the question then. Are you faithful to God, faithful to God's purposes today? Now, yesterday is, an issue, is another issue, but yesterday is forgiven. Yesterday is taken care of. Honestly, today's forgiven. Tomorrow's forgiven. Are you faithful to God right now? Are you being faithful to his purposes in you right now? Resolutely, absolutely dedicated to his purpose right now. Now, if you have questions about this, feel free uh, to shoot us a message, an email. Uh, but again, we're going to explore some more of this um, in the next episode here, either on YouTube or or the podcast, which you can get on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And uh, we will examine the next section of Scripture, what Jesus has to say about oaths and how that ties into the context of this entire section of Jesus' teaching. Uh, so, check back with that tomorrow. And again, check your heart today. So, thank you for joining us today on either the podcast or on YouTube. And I will catch you in the next one.